Welcome to the Movie Planet Season 5, Episode 6. This week we're talking 1995's Waterworld. With Joe. Looks like shit. That's why I love children, no guile. And Sam. It does look like shit. And it feels like cold shit. Welcome to the Movie Planet. Joining me is the deacon to my mariner, Sam. How's life, sir? Oh, muy excelente. Yes, you recommended Waterworld this week. Aloha. Uh, from 1995. Mm-hmm. For the action adventure. How old were you in 1995? I was four. Four, okay. So this was right in your wheelhouse. Oh, yeah, this is, this is what I... This is one of the first VHSs I've ever owned wow well it's i still have it you still not, have it in the box somewhere you nominated this for the action adventure not the sci-fi pantheon because the sci-fi pantheon didn't have a shot in well i don't think this is sci-fi i think this is just action okay i would consider this well currently in the action adventure pantheon are well die hard with an a minus it should be a perfect score it should be a somebody score. gave who, it up hold on tell me who i shall find out now i'm gonna call this person out let's go to the pantheon's grades Oh boy, who was it? Who oh, it was, was Steve? Wasn't it? No, it wasn't Steve. It was Steve, son of a gun. It was Steve. <laughs> oh, you don't say. I gave it an A. JC gave it an A. Steve gave it a A minus. So Die Hard is the number one with an A minus average. Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, which was the third movie, got a B plus. Live Free or Die Hard, which is se- severely underrated. That's the one with Kevin Smith that shows up in the middle of it. Uh, I think it's great. I, I think, think there's too. too many diehards in this pantheon. Right well, we did all five. Uh, so <laughs> Live for Your Diehard was number three. King Kong, Peter Jackson's King Kong came in at number four. Point Break with Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze came oh. in at number five with a C-plus average. Die Hard 2, Die Harder is a D-plus with a four out of 12. And finally, A Good Day to Die Hard starring <sighs> Captain Boomerang himself, Jai Courtney, a good day to die hard comes in with a D minus a 2.5 out of 12. And Sam, you are predicting a good day to die hard is going to have a bad day today. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, the higher the grade we give Waterworld, the longer it may be staying there. Only a film with a higher grade, which will be a miracle, can kick it out of the pantheon in the future. So we will discuss it, analyze it, grade it, and see if it lands amongst the greats. But now that we've handled that business, let's get down to business. This week, we're talking about 1995's Waterworld, a movie made for an estimated $175 million that brought in $264.2 million hey, worldwide. That's a success. Is it? Uh, yeah, that's a success. Consider this. This they didn't is just be- break even. They made almost a, let's see, almost as a, it's about that's a- $89 million in profit. I mean, they made a profit. But what's not included in that million is the advertising costs. Oh. (laughs) And I remember 1995, and boy, was this advertised. Yeah, this was one of the most highly anticipated, like, most marketed movie. Oh, yes. Suffered from, like crippling hype it was it was rough (laughs) (laughs) written by peter raider and david tuey yes the chronicles of riddick's own david tuey directed by kevin reynolds produced by kevin costner and friends (laughs) music by james newton howard starring kevin costner as the mariner 
Dennis Hopper as Deacon, Jeannie Triplehorn as Helen, Tina Majorino, yes, you know her as Deb from Napoleon Dynamite as Enola, Michael Jeter as Old Gregor, Gerard Murphy as The Nord, Chaim Hirafi as Drifter, Rick Avilas as The Gatesman, and Jack Black, yes, that Jack Black as a meager pilot. He, he kills his role. Honestly, if he was in it more, it might have even been a better he movie. Just needed a, he just needed a speaking part. He just needed a single speaking part. Except for, oh, 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 oh. So I can't wait for this part, Sam. Sam, do you remember seeing this for the first time? What did you think? Honestly, it, I really don't know when the first time I saw this movie was. We had this on VHS when I was a kid. And all I know was I loved it and watched this movie over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> I was 15, 16 years old. Uh, I remember thinking, Gina Triplehorn's got a great ass. Uh, I uh, concur with that. Yeah. Uh, Is that dirty enough for you? Yes, it was. She was just coming <laughs> off of Basic Instinct. Uh, that Whatever. was her, yeah, that was her first big role was in Basic Instinct. She was the secondary lead in it. And uh, then she was in this, and I was like, okay, she'll be one of those actresses. That one just goes, listen, I'm here to show some skin. And I thought the movie hey, was pretty cool. Gotta do what you gotta do for that mill. Thought the movie was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it had explosions. It's Mad Max on water. It. You don't like Mad Max, but... Well, we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, but now that we've handled that business, let's get down to business with our segment, Inception to Perception, where I dig so shallowly into the internet to find out how this movie came to be. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies. I make films. Okay, writer Peter Rader came up with the idea for Waterworld during a conversation with Brad Cravoy where they discussed creating a Mad Max ripoff. Rader wrote the initial script in 1986 but kept it shelved until 1989. Rader cited Mad Max as a direct inspiration for the film while also citing various Old Testament stories and the story of Helen of Troy with the main female character being named Helen in a direct reference. Even though there's nothing. <laughs> Not even... Not even a single <laughs> hint of Troy. Can't make this shit up. It is also I like that name. <laughs> it is also widely believed that inspiration was taken from Freakwave by Peter Milligan and Brendan McCarthy, a Mad Max Goes Surfing comic strip, first published by Pacific Comics and Vanguard Illustrated number one through three, and continued by Eclipsy Comics in Strange Days number one through three. McCarthy himself had unsuccessfully tried to sell Freakwave as a movie in the early 1980s. He would go on to co-write Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> <laughs> Look what this man has done. <laughs> Look what he's done. Look what he's accomplished. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from that idea. <laughs> after, after several rewrites, Kevin Costner and Kevin Reynolds joined the Waterworld production team in 92. The film marked the fourth collaboration between Costner and Reynolds, who had previously worked together on Fandango, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Rapa Nui, the latter of which Costner co-produced but did not star in. Waterworld was co-written by David Toohey, who cited Mad Max 2 The Road Warrior as a major inspiration. Both films employed Dean Semler as director of photography. I'm guessing he worked on Mad Max 2. Yeah, I mean, it, it really, like, exactly as it says, it, it is a Mad Max ripoff. It is, yes. But the one key thing you need from this kind of a ripoff is Max. Land or Max. <laughs> or Lat. <laughs> or Land. <laughs> 
During production, the film was plagued by a series of cost overruns and production setbacks. Universal initially authorized a budget of $100 million, which by mid-1994 had swollen to $135 million, with final costs reaching an estimated $175 million, a record sum for a film production at the time. Filming took place in a large artificial seawater enclosure similar to that used in the film Titanic two years later. It was, boy, well, these are two very different movies. It was located <laughs> in the Pacific Ocean off the coast of Hawaii. The final scene was filmed in Waipio Valley on the Big Island, also referred to as the Valley of Kings. The production was hampered by the collapse of the multi-million dollar set during a hurricane. It's already a good sign. God didn't want this to live. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm still happy. I'm still happy they kept pushing. Before filming began, Steven Spielberg had warned Kevin Costner and Reynolds not to open and not to film on open water owing to his own production difficulties with Jaws. You know, when Spielberg warns you about something, you may listen. No. <laughs> no. What does he fucking know? <laughs> the production featured different types of personal watercraft, especially Kawasaki jet skis. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Costner was on the set for 157 days, working six days a week. At one point, he nearly died when he, caught a when he got caught in a squall while tied to the mast of his trimaran. Professional surfer Laird Hamilton was Kevin Costner's stunt double for many water scenes. What? I didn't know that. <laughs> That's so sick. Hamilton commuted to the set via jet ski. <laughs> Hell yeah. a boy. Mark Isham's score, which was not recorded for approximately 25% of the film and had only demos completed, was reportedly rejected by Costner because it was, quote, too ethnic and bleak, contrasting with the film's futuristic and adventurous tone. Yeah, we really need that. Uh... <laughs> Also, uh, we need to jazz things up a little bit, some of these scenes. <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> Isham offered to try again, but was not given the chance. James Newton Howard was brought in to write the new score. Joss Whedon flew out to the set to do last-minute script rewrites and later described it as, quote, seven weeks of hell. The work boiled down to editing in Costner's ideas without alteration. Okay, so here I just have a question because I, I truly can't answer this, and I'm probably too young. Is Kevin Costner, when did he get this producer power? Because he, I mean, he wrote, produced Dances with Wolves. Yes. Which I just watched again. And you know what? I'm a little uh, underwhelmed by his performance. Right. I think he's a little, like, I'm much respect to Mr. Costner. I, I have much respect to you. But he seems like he's a little full of himself and he's got a huge ego. He's. Like, where did it come from? I mean, look, he's his catalog is unbelievable. Did you know he's... Well, he won two Oscars. Oh, uh, no. I, like I said, his catalog is unbelievable. Yeah. But I'm wondering where this major influence came from. What was the origin? Um, I'm looking up right now as filmography to see where exactly it happened. Because I'm looking here as an actor. Let's see. Okay, so his first big role is really... In The Untouchables. Okay, that's where it starts. 1987, though. 87, then he does Bull Durham in 88, which is a cult movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Field of Dreams in 89. Dude, he, his catalog is yeah. insane. Now, let's see what his first production is. His first producer credit is 1990. So he's riding that wave of that going into Dances with Wolves. So and that's that, when. And, and then everybody's like, Oh, Mr. Costner, Mr. Costner, Mr. Costner, take right. over my movie. Yes. 
The state of Hawaii had more than $35 million added to its economy as a result of the colossal film production. <laughs> um, and Kevin Reynolds, the director, quit the film before its release, owing to heated battles with Costner over his creative decisions. Reynolds still received full credit as director, though, which means Kevin Costner wasn't too keen on the product. <laughs> yeah. What is this? Get those chains off her. What are we, barbarians here? Goodness gracious, sakes alive. Come on out of here, you big nasty animal, you! <laughs> you wanna come over here and sit on my lap? No? <clears throat> How about a cigarette? Nothing like a good smoke if you miss your mom. Never too young to start. No. Well, I got something right here I know you'd like. Like to draw, don't you? Huh? Huh? Now, there are yours. If you help me with just one problem, all right? Now, uh, now that tattoo on your back, uh, <clears throat> I've been told that, that uh, that's actually a, a map. Way to dry land. Now we're getting someplace. Could you teach me how to read that? Set that. Well, have you ever heard any of your friends talk about it? You know, like your mommy or your pet fish? He say anything? Shouldn't make fun of him. He wouldn't like it. Girl. Give a shit what he'd like. He took out my eye. And if I ever see him again, I'm gonna cut open his head and I'm gonna eat his brain. You think he'd like that? <laughs> Can't kill him. He's even meaner than you are. But he's not here. And he ain't coming. And no one's gonna save you. He'll come for me. He will. Well, then you better tell me what I want to know. Or he can save what's left of you in a goddamn jar. At an unspecified point in the future, a narrator explains, <laughs> the polar ice caps have melted, covering the earth in an endless ocean. The survivors of the ancient deluge have had to adapt to the new world, water world. Melt, 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 melt. Is that the movie guy narrating the beginning? <laughs> yes. It is? I think so. It sounds like it. If not, it's somebody Because I was, was like, just told to do that. Did they start with a trailer? Oh, I was like, that's <laughs> in a world. Yes. Uh, I, I'll say this. I do always like when a production company changes their logo to match the movie they're doing. I always think that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, when you know, the Matrix movies, when it goes green. Green. Yeah. Or, um... Oh, any of the Harry Potters. Zombie Land with the Columbia Pictures yeah. logo beats the shit out of some zombies. <laughs> <laughs> One such survivor, known only as the Mariner, travels the globe on his trimaran. He lives by recycling his own urine as drinking water and scavenging for artifacts on the ocean floor using a diving bell with a timed pulley system. While diving, someone boards the Mariner's boat and steals the fruit from his tiny lime tree. The Mariner surfaces in time to see the other boat sailing off and immediately runs to his harpoon, holding the drifter at bay and saying that when two sailors meet, it's customary to trade. He adds that he's seen the man's boat but doesn't recognize him. The drifter says he took the boat fare when he found the previous owner dead and tells the Mariner of an atoll a few days away where he can resupply. Okay, so 
a lot of this podcast is just going to be me asking questions. Please do. So my first question is, and you don't really have the paranoia of the Mariner yet for his things and his boat. Right. Don't you think he would have some type of security? Now, now granted, granted, this is Waterworld. Yes. You can be out in the middle of nowhere. It's just water. Yes. The odds of somebody running into you are a, probably a Slim trillion to, none. to one. <laughs> but in such cases of this, yes. where you have so many valuables, don't you think you would have a security system about? Or at least put it under, you know, in, 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 in the cabin below. Something. I We're about to get to the, the, the very sneaky jet skis. I mean, and don't be wrong. Those are some pretty impressive limes on that little tree. Yeah. Was that a bonsai tree? Because lime trees, I've looked them up. They don't look like that. I thought it was a bonsai, and I just <laughs> fell for it. I'm just such an idiot. I'm like, ooh, these are, that's definitely a lime tree. Uh, I have questions. Yeah. Please, like, why did they make up a language for this movie? <laughs> well, you know, I feel like, uh, when did Blade Runner come out? 1980? Okay. Was it Because they had a universal language. Was that the 80s, or was it the, the late 70s? It was the 80s. Okay. There he goes. <laughs> wow, you're looking that. that up. Here's another thing. I, I I guess this makes sense. If you need water and you don't have water, you can build a filtration device to device to filter your urine. But wouldn't it be just as effective filtering the salt from the vast freaking ocean around you? You're asking a lot of that technology. You're, you're asking a lot of technology for such primitive people. He's filtering piss. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we said a lot of this is just going to be asking questions. <laughs> Uh, so Blade Runner came out in 82. 82, okay. Now, but where Blade Runner succeeds is <laughs> it doesn't pick a tiny little language. Does, what is it? Greek, Port it's Portuguese Greek? and Greek. Yes. Which, so to me, it would make different more parts sense of the continent. <laughs> to have like something maybe a little more Samoan or Asian. Like a lot more people that's, <laughs> or well, just English. Also, do we know when the ice caps melted to create Waterworld? So, uh, uh, that's a great question because some lines in this, they act like it melted in 20 years. Right. Where they still went to restaurants and played golf. Well, I mean, if Exxon Valdez is represented, that's 1995. Yes. And that's, that is the boat that. That was the big oil spill off of Bly Reef. Yeah. I had, I, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I had to research that of, at the reference and like the captain that was portrayed on there. Yeah. So you see right away where their history is wrong in this too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quite a bit. <laughs> Just then the men spy two jet skis nearby piloted by smokers. Pirates who are so named for their habit of smoking cigarettes <laughs> and their dependence on oil for fuel. They advance on the goods the Mariner has raised from the depths with a diving bell. Meanwhile, as the drifter sets sail, he reveals he's stolen the Mariner's limes. Infuriated, the Mariner quickly loosens ropes and throws custom switches on his boat, raising the sail and giving him enough speed to collect his bag of goods and catch up to the drifter. He sails right over the man's sailboat, breaking the sail, disabling his craft, and leaves him for the smokers. <laughs> okay. Uh... I don't know how you're going to give this movie anything more than a D. <laughs> Trust me, there's 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 redeeming factors plus my stub my own stubbornness. It's all part of the plan. <laughs> okay, so the first thing is, you know, at least the smokers aren't assless chap wearing sex fiends. True. 
<laughs> Which I would much prefer. I, would I suppose prefer. that's a perspective. I would much prefer, um, would much prefer <laughs> the, the assless chaps, sex fiends, keeping oh, slaves. That was the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. Let's go. Yeah, get some leather, get some spikes. Let's do this. Um, okay, so in my brain, jet skis. Yes. They're not quiet. Nope. <laughs> so they must have been sitting there for a good bit. But my biggest problem is those are small travel vessels. You're not going very far, yet they're in the middle of... See, I can't say it's an ocean because it's a world of ocean. Right. Kind of like a TIE fighter who's gone far out, and that ship is way too small to be nowhere oh, near yeah. a Star Destroyer. <laughs> yeah, and so you build this anticipation, oh, the big ship's near. No. Nope. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> I feel like this is a movie where someone will sit there listening so far going, they're just picking away at the little things. But so far, it's only been, those are the only details of the movie so far. Yeah. Uh, And I'm wondering, because formulaically, this movie is an action movie. It works. It flows. It goes scene by scene by scene and just things start, just things happen. But that's that's exactly right. Things just happen. happen. So I'm wondering if this was Mr. Costner's involvement or this was the director in the original script. Because I think the original script is different than what Costner pushed this into. Well, remember, it was they had the original script and then the director quit because Costner kept trying. No, the director, no, the writer did. The writer quit because Costner kept trying to add in his scenes without altering the storyline. So if you watch this, you realize this shit's all over the place. Yeah. Uh, that being, I want to say something nice here. Uh, it is a pretty cool boat the Mariner has. Oh, it's sick. It's like the MacGyver of the seas. Yeah. And, it can do everything. Uh, uh, one of the my favorite parts about working right on the uh, right on the Embarcadero in the Bay Area was when those giant racing, whatever those boats are called, I really don't even know. Uh, it's where they have the two giant separate platforms. Is it and, a trimaran? I don't know. Okay. But the professional teams yeah. would warm up and do races in the bay, and okay. we just watch them go. It was insane. That's cool. But yeah, that ship is awesome. It is. It's a really cool looking boat. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that dude was eating limes with the skins on. He's a savage. <laughs> How desperate are you for food that you'd have to do that? <laughs> like, <laughs> take the lime, the coconut, lime, the coconut, lime. After several days, the mariner arrives at the atoll the drifter spoke of. At first, he's refused admittance, but the atoll's guards allow him in when he shows them he has a jar full of dirt, the world's most precious substance. And this kind of makes sense that dirt would be like gold in Waterworld. But what doesn't make sense is that when you see how much technology they use to just open gates and all that shit, that they couldn't go below and just mine the dirt. Well, another thing is... What do you use the dirt for? Planting? Planting what? <clears throat> a tomato plant. Or a lime tree. <laughs> all in pots. I personally think they just use the dirt for wiping it all over themselves because clearly they haven't been introduced to water on Water <laughs> World. This is the dirtiest group of people who don't know where dirt is. Yeah, I don't... Again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! <laughs> <laughs> Things just happen. <laughs> what a world, too. Things just, just happen. Just <laughs> it's, By Michael Bay. 
<laughs> explosion, explosion, explode. Water explodes. <laughs> Inside the gates, he finds that the people who live in poverty are near starvation. A small group is conducting a funeral where the deceased is recycled and dropped into a pool of vicious waste. The mariner docks his boat and is met by the atoll's enforcer who gives him a two-hour limit to conduct business. The atoll's banker offers him a large amount of currency known as chits for the quality dirt he was carrying, but the mariner demands twice that amount and is given it. I would believe dirt is more of a <laughs> currency than chits. Same here. I, that would be because what what is money? What is currency? It's value. Right. Plastic chits? Why are they called chits? How far from civilization is this in years? <laughs> When from a is this taking place? From, from a logical standpoint, <laughs> this would be probably like a thousand years. Okay. For the water to completely submerge, so civilization to totally crash. Which, by the way, if it's taking place over a thousand years, that means civilization would have had time to adapt along the way to this. Yes, but not soon enough for civilization to have prepped. You catch my drift. I am. Okay, so but it, because logically, you, when, you would go to said highest mountain, which spoil <laughs> <laughs> foreshadow. <laughs> you would build, you know, maybe like a headquarters, like around the whole fucking thing. Turns out Enola's family did. <laughs> the two of them, just two, just two. <laughs> I still don't know how the fuck she got off the island. <laughs> Or why? Is that ever answered? It's never answered. Why? How, where was this? They're like, her parents are lying. Okay, well, this. We will spoiling. get to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, that waste pool looks like just a pool of wet shit. Oh, no. Look, it's so gnarly, especially when they, <laughs> they roll that, like, dead person yeah which they shaved her head i don't know What's why <laughs> why this aesthetic lice? we must shave the entire body does before the raft it goes have a lice the, issue the, the body pit um kevin costner was built for this role he's a socially inept human who can't act uh there's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they mentioned smokers but they also mentioned slavers do we ever meet the slavers not a single one actually. maybe that was for the second movie ah, oh. and i got why are we calling water hydro it's not called hydro world that's a is theme it, park it's water yeah that's what hydro is i thought it was like a booze fuel mixture nope, it was just water then why are they acting like it's booze because it's fresh water <laughs> where are they getting it from apparently they know how to they filter all, the salt no, out all they do but they, mr piss drinker doesn't no they have the shit pool and then they have the piss pool <laughs> so they filter all the all the uh incestual piss it's so That's gross <laughs> At the, at the Atoll's bar slash store, a shady man named Nord is asking a man desperate for a drink of fresh water, hydro, about a girl with a tattoo. Supposedly, the tattoo is markings that give the location a dry land. Nord then spots the girl, Enola, who is in the care of the bar's owner, Helen. Helen quickly hides Enola, but not before Nord catches a glance of the tattoo on the back. Um, this little girl, <laughs> if she's got a tattoo on her back, she'd probably be hiding a little better than wearing the skimpy clothing she's wearing. <laughs> And 
and we know there's clothing because all the other they're all wearing shit it. rats that are on that <laughs> fucking platform are all wearing them. Why wouldn't you hide it? They just had the beads on her, I guess. Um, we get introduced. Talk about the flow real quick. Yes, the immaculate dual tailpipe action going on with the bad guy right now. Oh yes, that is that is pure Mad Max, <laughs> pure '80s evil dude. Yes, it is. Yeah, and it's no. magnificent. He looks like he just missed the audition for the Lost Boys. <laughs> <laughs> just couldn't play sax. That's nope. all he couldn't that do. Was and the that's why he didn't get the role. Uh, Jeannie Triplehorn shows up here, uh, quietly hot. Yeah, but in this movie, she's a fucking eleven. Okay, oh. <laughs> she's a supermodel on Waterworld. Yes, sir. Which makes you wonder. She also she's also the cleanest one of them all. Did you notice that she's yes. got no dirt yeah. on her face mm-hmm. at all? Oh, uh, well, yeah. Well, not that face. No. The Mariner finds the shop and spends his money on hydro, a tomato plant, and all the shelves in the bar. Shelves where I've saw his ship. He's got plenty of shelves. Nord approaches the Mariner, asking him about his newfound wealth, but the Mariner remains unfriendly. He marches back to his boat and begins to load his purchases on it. Now notice, the Mariner ain't done shit wrong. He's been there. He's told two hours. Uh, that's it. In and out. He marches back to his boat and begins to load his purchases on it. A small group of people, led by two elders, approach, asking if he'll, if, if he'll impregnate a young woman. They explain that inbreeding among the colony has resulted in undesirable offspring. Undesirable. Yeah, that means they got tails. When the, when, a, when the mariner refuses, the elders surmise he must be hiding something and theorize he's a smoker spy. They quickly detain him, and in the scuffle, one of them discovers gills behind the mariner's ears. Horrified by the mutation, the crowd attacks the mariner, but he manages to kill one of them in the lagoon before he's caught in a net. Before he can be beaten further, the enforcer steps in and defends the mariner, claiming he was acting in self-defense. However, since he will need to pay for his crimes, he will be imprisoned until further notice. <laughs> okay, well, not three things. I had two things, but not three oh, he's things. He's got three, okay. Okay, number, number, let's just do number one, the easy one. Got it. What fucking crimes did he commit? None. <laughs> number two. Um, oh, I'm sorry. He refused to rape a young girl. So, number two, mutants bad. <laughs> Incest. <laughs> eh. Which leads me to this. The Mariner has a mutation that allows him to serve on Waterworld. Wouldn't you think they would want that mutation in their family tree? Or with evolution, it would just start to begin? I mean, that's an exact... It's a. The r- something the writer has not studied basic human sociology. No, but they say mute. They say, but it's as if they've met mutants before. Right. I wonder well, what the other ones look like. Yeah, and then number three. <sighs> Don't you think a smoker spy would want to rape if handed if handed the opportunity? Don't you think he'd smell of smoke? <laughs> <laughs> You're asking you're asking a hard question there, bud. I'd say I'd say you would bathe, but none of the smokers or the people look like they do at all. How many smokers are driving non-oil related machinery? <laughs> a zero. <laughs> but you couldn't jump into the ocean and do a little scrub a dub? I- no one apparently can. They haven't figured out that there's water around them. Uh, I feel like the enforcer that we see is a mix between Kurt Russell and Harvey Keitel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, later that night, while in a cage hanging over the docks, the mariner spots Nord slipping out of the atoll while a group of youths, youths, steal various items from this trimaran. Meanwhile, Helen is with her friend Gregor, an eccentric inventor, and says that people are t- talking too much about Enola and that they should leave for the girl's safety. Gregor is frustrated over his own inability to read the map to dry land on Enola's back. Enola is blissfully drawing pictures, some of which are things that she doesn't even recognize. She innocently mentions that the mariner may know where dry land is. Gregor Why goes- would he f***ing know? <laughs> He's a fish man. He's he ain't going to go to the land. <laughs> the one guy who's built for the, the ocean war- knows the where water. dry land is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Gregor goes out to the Mariner and excitedly inspects his webbed feet and gills. He asks if the Mariner knows where dry land is. The Mariner asks him to pick the lock and release him, but their conversation is cut short by the Enforcer, and Gregor leaves. Well, Gregor has some common sense, but he also doesn't understand that people don't like to be studied. True scientist. Right. Uh, And he he calls it, we're the ancients. The ancients caused this. You know what that means? It means we are ancients. We are legendary. Yeah. I'm 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 a celestial. I'm an ancient. (laughs) A celestial. <laughs> yes, you're a... Uh, what was the Marvel movie that came out? An Eternal. eternal. You're an Eternal. Oh. I, I, I haven't even seen it yet. It's rough. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for Disney Plus to play <laughs> Uh, the following morning, the council congregates around the Mariner and decides he has to be recycled in the customary fashion, consequently drowning him. For what? He didn't do anything. <laughs> for the crimes you've committed, you are found guilty. I am sorry. Oh. And then Kevin Costner just gives him that smolder. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. That's it. There's no fight. There's no words. Just shakes the cage. Just why is it a public safety Shakes issue? it like a monkey. Just... <laughs> Everyone else is the public safety issue, not him. He just wants in and out. <laughs> yeah, but how dare he? I know. At that moment, a lookout spots spots an armada of smokers descending on the atoll. The group, led by the Deacon, launches a full-scale attack. You want to bet this movie got people to buy CDs? Oh, it got me on a CD. I mean, can you imagine how much money jet skiers spent after this movie? Like, it may not have helped out Hollywood. I bet it helped out all the Kawasaki people. Phew. Uh, and with all this ammunition, how have the smokers not taken over the entire world? <laughs> It's really hard to move a boat that you have to row. row. <laughs> and uh, really, water cannons against guns? <laughs> it's, it's it's water world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've, they've figured out, you know, they've figured out water pumps, but not dirt pumps and or got, anything else. They they have ramps. But they got, oh, they got all sorts of stuff. They got all sorts of things. It's a Winter at water yeah. park show. Yeah, they bring those with them. They bring those with them. They set them up before the, the raid. <laughs> Which, by the way, there is a Water World water park show. I know. I've been to it. Have you? It is so awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. It's so cool. It's amazing. My face hurts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good thing we're only like what a quarter in. <laughs> I mean, that, this movie's two hours and thirty-eight minutes, man. And it flies. It flies by. In the chaos, Gregor accidentally, the scientist, accidentally activates his hot air balloon and is unable to slow the mechanism to allow Helen and Enola aboard. Gregor <laughs> escapes, clumsy, but clumsy, <laughs> just falls right into it. <laughs> but Helen and Enola spot the Mariner, whose cage was knocked into the sludgy pit during the battle. Well, Gregor was pointless. Thanks for the memories, man. Yeah, and he's like, hurry, run up the stairs. You can make it. I'll throw you a line. Jump. I'm Uh, so sorry. Why the hell does Enola want to save the Mariner? Is it because he knows where dry land is? Supposedly. Supposedly. 
They 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 haven't really. I don't know. And how they does she know? Seemed to want to find dry land until that very moment. It's hard to believe that they haven't gone out because you were right earlier. We said how vast this was. This is the whole planet. You could literally go in a direction and probably avoid the smokers. Yeah. Okay. Before he drowns, Helen and Enola free him on the condition that he'll take them with him. Working together, they manage to free the Mariner's Trimoran and open the gates to the atoll. I do like the shot of him swimming. Yeah. But let's not pretend his web feet are giving him that much more speed. He's a mutant dog. Yeah, but I, I've I've wore flippers. When you wear flippers, like the long ones, that's how fast you'll go. His, it, it's just his toes. That's it. It's Kevin Costner. And there's the music. Uh, welcome to the pirate movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's like waiting for Sloth to show up with a Superman shirt on. Hey, you old guy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like they mixed. It's almost like they mixed Mad Max and Hook in the Lost Boys. Yes. But just like the fight, the fight scene. <laughs> Rufio. 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 <laughs> the Deacon spots them and orders his gunner to stop the Trimoran, but the Mariner launches his harpoon and drags the gunner's boat so that it fires on the Deacon's pontoon, causing the fuel it's loaded with to explode. The Mariner, Enola, and Helen escape. How did this guy not see where he was firing? This is some Jar Jar Binks bullshit. This is some, this is some Jar Jar Binks bullshit, <laughs> but I love how the entire boat that's probably three football fields away is yelling at the guy in the turret to stop shooting. Like, hey, what's what's his name? What's, what's Cousin's name? It's Bill. Bill, Bill, you idiot. Don't shoot no more. Okay. There's only one boat leaving. How are they not shooting on that? Because, because. Okay, uh, let's talk about another because. How does Enola know how, so much about how that gate works? It was like she was putting together a puzzle. No, 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 now take that thing. Now, now push the thing in there. Now, now grab that handle and, and pull, pull it down. Pull. Not that way, the other way. <laughs> like, you run the place? Oh, I thought you were behind the bar hiding that little back tat of yours. <laughs> and I don't know about you, I really hope they explain where all these guys get these cigarettes from. <laughs> Oh, but not okay. Not only the cigarettes, the fire, but more importantly, the food and water. The the boxes of ham that are on there. <laughs> I didn't even see those. Yeah, there's, it's like cigarettes. It's just, it's, it's oh my gosh, vodka, it's just, ham. Oh my god, <laughs> a tanker full of rum ham. <laughs> this makes okay. This makes sense now. This this makes sense now. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Uh, and this is Dennis Hopper basically riding the coattails of the character he played in Speed. Pop quiz, hot shot. Like after that, that's I didn't all he was say known anybody for. Anybody could leave the party without a parting gift. <laughs> Dennis Hopper, quippy, quippy, quippy. Which he got the Razzie for this, yeah. Uh yes. I'm surprised at that. I don't think he deserved a Razzie, but also well, I haven't looked at the list you have, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, within the wrecked atoll, Nord, who had been the smoker spy, leads the deacon to a couple of survivors to interrogate. Having survived the explosion but losing an eye in the process, the deacon learns that his quarry, the girl with the tattoo, escaped with the mariner, who was a mutant. He alerts his crew of their new mission to find her. Damn, this guy's given a lot of details. How does he know all this shit? Who is he? This should have been Gregor in the story. Yeah, it should have been. 
And when he was hanging on that that little uh, gear, I thought they were gonna try to like run the gear over and just crush Something. his arms. No, but they're like, no, we'll just shoot. It's him. not in the budget. <laughs> just shoot him. Uh, aboard the trimaran, Helen asks the mariner if he knows the way to dry land. He hints that he does, but he tells Helen that they'll only make it if they throw Enola overboard. As a child, she's useless and will eat all their food. Helen is adamant about keeping Enola and goes so far to offer herself to the mariner. However, he refuses her. Angry, Helen grabs a harpoon gun and demands that they all go to dry land together, but the mariner drops a sail on her, pinning her beneath, and knocks her out with an oar. He spends the rest of the day keeping watch from the top of his sail. That's a hard smack with that oar. <laughs> he would have killed her. That was some hard pimp shit right there. That was, wow. Like, I was thinking, like, you know, the bat, the sail down, but when he just oh, hits her just, once, I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good one. Um, well, she showed her ass in basic instinct. Might as well do it for Waterworld. Hey. Uh, went straight to sex. Huh? Clearly, the women's lip movement died in Waterworld. I mean,. <laughs> What else does she have to offer why in this particular scene? Well, why I don't know. Why didn't she just go to the violence route first? Because she's going up against the Mariner. No. Uh, look, I'm looking for something. And, I'm fishing. And it's not even her kid. No, it's not. It's not. What? She's grossed out because he's got gills, and then she wants to take his pecker. Uneven character. <laughs> you, uh, you ready for this? Oh, God. <laughs> Aboard a rusted oil tanker, <laughs> the smoker's home base, the deacon fashions himself an eye patch when an attempt by the ship's doctor to give him a false eye fails. He inspects the ship's oil supply maintained by a meter reader, passing out cigarettes to his citizens on the way, and discovers that his ship is rapidly losing oil. The deacon maintains that their main focus is to find the tattooed girl and sends out a plane to search for her. <laughs> oh f me. Go ahead. Say what you need to say about this scene. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I love this is this is peak just what the f what, what is this hero music? Just Yeah. <laughs> it's some Blues Brothers shit. Yeah. Um from an ex-smoker. That's a lot of people. That's yep. a lot of f***ing cigarettes. <laughs> For how long have they been on there? Where's the tobacco farms? They, they have a <laughs> reputation. Where They've been around for long enough. How old are the cigarettes? Uh, they got, yeah. I mean, how old is it? Well, the rum ham, it's in a can. It's fine. <laughs> but where, like... I love the meter dude. Oh, the guy. He's, in the, he's great. He's my number three. Yeah. He's top three. Yes. <laughs> he's deservedly so. Yes. He's like, you have so many, like, number one, vehicles don't operate on oil. No. <laughs> so what are they using to oh, fuel no. anything? No, because, no, okay, so the Exxon Valdez was a oil rig. So that's all the leftover oil in it after it spilled after what it, it did. spilled yeah. everywhere. Yes, but it still had, it only spilled like 25% of its load. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> well, they've been long there long enough to where like, oh, there's only four feet left. Right. <laughs> or like, what, what, four fathoms, whatever he says. They're well, running, they're running low. I forgot what he says, but he's like, it's four, like, he, he used some unit of measurement and you're like, really? 
Like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> There's no tape measures in Waterworld. <laughs> who's, who's feeding that poor man? I don't know. He looks thin. He, yeah. In, in sun deprived. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes is terrible, but it's when he dies and he's like, oh, thank God. Four feet of black stuff. <laughs> it's called oil. It's called hydro is water. Hydro what is water. What the f are we doing? But black dirt stuff. is dirt. Dirt is dirt. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh, we can fly a plane fueled by oil. Which, by the way, where is the plane landing? <laughs> Where's it taking off? <laughs> Where's the aircraft carrier? <laughs> yeah. I can't. This is hilariously bad. Oh, like, they they push start the car. The car operates. <laughs> Why? Where did you? Was there a car on there when it? There was, <laughs> because that's the Peter Gunn theme when it's driving around. No, it I looked know, like the scene was, from Demolition Man when they go underground. Yeah, no, some Drudge Dread shit. Yes. No, I'm asking, was how the how the car get on the boat? <laughs> I don't know. Was there a car on the boat when it? Saying, when, when does this happen in the timeline of the world? <laughs> After the ice caps have melted, that's when. If a thousand years have gone by and that's the car we are using at this point, there's a problem. Where's all the flying vehicles? <laughs> it happened very fast. Global, global warming happened extremely fast. It was a thousand years, yes, but the 999 before that last year right there was kind of just kind of nice. Then that last year, tidal wave, it was all over. Yeah. Soon enough, the pilot and his gunner spot the trimaran. In a measure to keep their location secret, the mariner prepares a weapon to fire at the plane below deck. However, Helen isn't clued into his strategy and impatiently fires the harpoon at the plane, killing the gunner and tethering the plane to the trimaran. With the rope winding itself around the cable rigging on the mainmast, the mariner is forced to climb his sail, cut the rope, but the, man the pilot manages to shoot the plane free. <laughs> the whiplash sends the mariner plunging into the water. Infuriated, he pins Helen down and viciously cuts her hair telling her not to touch anything on his boat without permission. When Enola protests, he cuts her hair too and confiscates his crayons. She's taken from him to draw all over his boat. <laughs> Enola gets thrown in the water, but Enola can't swim on Waterworld. How is this possible? It's character development. <laughs> but it's and then Waterworld. We, we've seen Star Wars. <sighs> That's a strong right there yes it is that's a very strong uh-huh with a metal wire just just that holding on to a plane a plane <laughs> that's just wrapping around and jack black is quite the shot to shoot that well it's jack black <laughs> did he know just wave to the pilot <laughs> uh, yes she did i believe so so she's seen a plane before because in that world if i saw a flying boat i would be freaking the out. Right. Freaking out. She can't swim, but she's seen planes. <laughs> <laughs> All of eight years old. Yes. Cut her hair. Now you've done it. Yeah. <laughs> no more crayons for you. <laughs> if you think this kid was annoying before, wait till you take away their toys. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would have thrown her and that bitch off way long ago. Uh, yes. Way long ago. How'd that plane find their boat? I don't know. <laughs> you can't, you can't track them. It's a sailboat on a planet of water. I don't know. But they find them. They don't even know the direction they're going in because the smokers have to take all their ramps, <laughs> all their things back onto the boat. Tell the guys. We know where they are. 
They've been gone for a couple days, too. Yeah, it appears that way. But the plane catches up. Which, you know, a plane could catch up. But then it's... At what point does the plane go, uh, we got to turn around? Because you look in the distance... They have all that black stuff in the boat. They You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could fly, fly planes to drive my car with oil. It's, having returned to the tanker, <laughs> pilot tells the deacon the direction the mariner was last seen heading. The deacon predicts that since the mariner knows he's been found, he would expect the smokers to think he's changed course. However, knowing the mariner is likely no fool, the deacon says that his course will remain unchanged, and that's where they will spring their trap. So they got vodka and ham. I don't know where the hell they're getting these goods. But also, if they know the direction they're going in, don't you think that on the trimaran, they would have noticed the smokers going around them to get in front of them? <laughs> also, like, I understand you can... This isn't this isn't a car on a road where you go in a straight line. This is the one... <laughs> And there's things called currents and airstreams. And sometimes you have to change the direction of your boat to go in the same direction because you got to catch the wind. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Things just happen here. Things just happen. It's almost like you could stop every scene and be like, and that's the end of this episode. And next episode <laughs> is the next scene. And I'd like to say like, oh, okay, this is like the outlandish part and everything will make sense. No, this just keeps happening. The whole thing's the outlandish. Whole movie. <laughs> they just keep, oh, they're the, they're the greatest bad guys ever because they always find their prey. <laughs> With sharks later. Sometime <laughs> later. Sometime later, the Mariner spots another sailor who has raised a neutral flag. Helen convinces the Mariner to make contract, contact, saying the man might have some food. The drifter is clearly neurotic, having spent too long at a sea loan, and acts unpredictably. While he and the Mariner trade, Helen tries to fashion a fishing pole. The drifter offers the Mariner something saved for a special trade. Paper. 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 It's paper. Paper. <laughs> this is my number three. I love Love this dude. The Mariner doesn't have much to offer in return, but the drifter asks for a half hour with Ellen and 45 minutes with Enola. <laughs> Despite her protests, the Mariner agrees but refuses the drifter time with Enola. The drifter and Helen go below deck with the, while the Mariner inspects the paper, but after a few minutes goes down and tells the drifter the deal is off. The drifter reacts violently and Helen goes back up top while the two men fight, with the Mariner coming out victorious. He dumps the drifter's body into the sea and scavenges his boat for useful items. Irritated it came to that, he takes Helen's fishing pole and throws it away, telling her she'll never catch anything with it. Oh, there's so many problems. Oh, we have a lot written here. (laughs) Okay, number one. Go for it. Number one, and this was a note I had earlier and I totally missed, but it's super relevant, is when the deacon is getting his eye eye painted, (laughs) he mentions, I hope this doesn't affect my short game. Yes. I go, (laughs) okay. Then this How random, much golf is being played on Waterworld? <laughs> then this random neurotic stranger talks about a waitress. Yes. Remember, hydro, black stuff. When is this taking place? <laughs> uh, uh, okay. And then, like, for a hundred million budget, did anyone actually read the script? No. 
I need to start writing movies. They said Kevin Costner from Dances with Wolves? Mad Max? Shit. I'm in. What could uh, go wrong? <laughs> yeah, oh God, I love this creep so much. He's he's hysterical. Um, another thing is, he said he had two pages. He's got a whole <laughs> fucking magazine in there. He's like, he pulls out the one piece of like paper. Yeah. And then Kevin Costner opens it, and so it's like a couple magazines. It's a couple National Geographic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the guy's accent is it Irish and if so it's pretty damn bad well see uh, I think this movie would have been a lot more interesting if this is how everybody acted like I would believe if somebody would have a horrible accent to us yeah but to them it's just their new accent they're all neurotic because they've been out in the sun way too long (laughs) with the same people because this is a this isn't like this. It's hard to like imagine, but it's not an ocean. It's a planet of water. It's water world. It's water world. <laughs> so it would have been more believable if everybody was like this. Had it not been for the universal logo, you could make a claim this wasn't even fucking Earth. Yeah. 100%. I would have believed like this is an alien planet. Because we're going to see an alien whale later. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to throw that in there. Um, He's pimping Helen for a half hour for paper, but then he grows a conscience. When did the Mariners so far have a conscience? Also, Miss Miss Helen of Troy <laughs> is so against the trade. Yeah, she she doesn't even let them get into because she already knows where it's going. Oh yeah, and then ten seconds later, okay, fine, that's it. You're just gonna go with him down below. Yeah. Everything's and, cool. And then not like what's about to happen. And act shocked. <laughs> now, I'll say this. When the drifter pops his head up after the fight, oh, yeah. I thought for sure she was going to harpoon his head. That would have been awesome. That would have been sick. Yeah. But they let him crawl out. And I'm like, no, she had the gun. Just just do it. Yeah. I couldn't afford the makeup to do a, uh, a hatchet wound in the back. Would have been bloody brilliant. But it was just a... I just paint that on right a little happy blood trail <laughs> happy blood trail the mariner takes his harpoon gun and attaches a pulley to it using it to drag himself behind the boat soon a large sea creature comes up from below and tries to swallow the mariner but he uses the harpoon gun to blast holes in the animal if you can't, didn't know how a harpoon works uh there's one harpoon it doesn't keep reloading itself. Uh, that evening, the three feast on the creature. Enola happily hums to herself, and the mariner suggests she stop making noise long enough to listen to the world. Looking at his feet, Enola mentions how she'd like to have feet like that so she could swim, something she never learned to do. The following day, the mariner teaches Enola how to swim, an act that impresses Helen and leads to a bond between the mariner and Enola. Okay, uh, you want to start this one? What the hell was that thing? Because <laughs> that looked like a sandworm in the water. Oh, God. Okay. It looked like a tremor. It really did. A, or a graboid. Yeah, graboid. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, is no, it Earth? Yeah, it is. It, it, uh, maybe, you, you know, Marvel does one multiverse thing, and now there's a bunch of fucking multiverse movies now coming out. <laughs> Number one, you're trying to fish with a fishing reel in the middle of the water. Cool. I get it. 
That makes sense. You're not going to catch shit. But that's the thing. They're on Waterworld. They've been doing this for a while. They should know deep sea fishing. <laughs> they should. Um, number two, I like that, you know, he is the... Ba- it's cool because they're setting something up and you're like, oh, that's weird. He's just holding on and he's not being as frantic as I thought he'd be, but he's still dragging as if he is like bait. Yeah. I thought a shark was going to get him. Now, I feel like a giant creature like that would be really deep. Very much so. Well, look, well, whales, they breach sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Um, I'm wondering how long he was dragging out there before it actually bit and they just decided to it, or was that fish just randomly there? Or are there so many of them, it doesn't matter where you are? In which case, where are, are we? we? <laughs> and the how ne- long has it been? <laughs> the next thing I have an issue with is you have a harp it's a harpoonist yes right yeah hooks don't kill fish nope they go through them they go through them like you know you pierce your lip or something (laughs) uh this fish sorry it's not even really a fish it's a sea monster yes takes him down in one bite Mm -hmm. and i'm expected to believe the sheer power of that giant creature <laughs> that breached to eat its prey didn't pull the whole fucking boat down with them. I, that's what I thought. I was like, why is this whole thing not being tilted a little bit? Like, uh, this isn't, we're not even. Pool, young man, you'll get the horns. We're not even to the part where he has a grill on his fish or nope. on his boat. Okay, well, let's just speed this up. How how the f- did he get the? How did he kill the thing? How did he butcher it? How did he drag meat up there? How did he have a grill? Why well, could I guess he could have found one? What's he burning? How's he burning it? I don't know. Where'd the wood come from? The kindling? Is it the paper Anything. he just almost sold his girl for? <laughs> I mean, it, technically, he got that paper for free. Uh, that paper. The paper. <laughs> Get a little bonding moment between Helen and the Mariner. There's some good character development. There's some. There's, I still want to throw them overboard because they're so annoying. This is this is the making love territory right here, and we're just around the one hour to one hour fifteen mark in movies, oh. and that's usually when that love scene shows up. No, we gotta wait till the girl gets kidnapped and their boat is destroyed. Exactly. Uh, and speaking of which, it's about time somebody taught this bitch to swim. <laughs> And in one day, she's learned. One yeah. day, she knows how to swim. Yeah, you throw her in the water. If she drowns, she drowns. If she she swims, was, she she was in Kevin Costner's kickboard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was doing all the work. He's got the wet feet. But she watched <laughs> everything else. <laughs> Days later, they come to a slaver outpost. Oh, oh, here's the slavers. Desperate for repairs. The is mar- this the slaver's outpost? This is the slaver outpost. Okay, why would you go to a slaver outpost to fix your boat when they're slavers who can just slave you? They're desperate for repairs desperation what plus it's like you're floating there it's like oh shit that slaver's right there oh, can we turn around well. oh. <laughs> <laughs> i love I, god this scene cracks me up because it's the it's the meat puppets just yes. like it's the animatronics from like weekend Disney at bernie's World, just all waving <laughs> hey guys <laughs> The Mariner tries to communicate with them, but the inhabitants don't respond. Using an underwater periscope, the Mariner discovers the slavers have been killed and smokers are positioned underwater to ambush them. They just barely manage to escape, even after the deacon fires a shot with his rifle, wounding the Mariner. 
I love that the deacon is using one lens of the binoculars <laughs> rather than using a telescope. <laughs> Uh, you gotta wonder was the deacon the, the guy who played him just like he has the eye patch yeah and they hand him the binoculars and he just goes are you fucking kidding me <laughs> we can get a telescope out here another day seven days sir <laughs> oh my god it's hilarious and when Kevin cost when the mariner but also <laughs> they just knew to set up on the slaver Thing. They went ahead of him without him seeing them. <laughs> you know what? I underestimate the power of people who chain smoke on a boat that's rusted with holes and have to row it with rusted paddles. They're crafty. They're quick. <laughs> Did his weight just pull the boat up on its one float? How heavy is the mariner? <laughs> well, he's a mutant. I don't know at this point. I really don't. He's got all that giant fish meat in him <laughs> Later, i'm assuming he ate the whole thing because he must have you don't waste on water world where is all that meat being held down below and if so is there a refrigeration for it or is it just gonna rot in the sun well, there's no power so because we all know seafood loves sun yes. <laughs> yes. Later, Helen asks about, again, about dry land and wants to know when they may be able to find it. The mariner becomes impatient and says that he sailed farther than anyone but has never seen dry land. Upset, Helen asks about all the things on his boat that no one has ever seen and wonders where the mariner got it all. The mariner agrees to show Helen where dry land is and sets up his diving bell, leaving Enola on the surface. The mariner swims alongside Helen and takes her to the bottom of the sea where the remains of a city... Denver, Colorado, lie submerged. At the bottom, he shows her where he got the dirt he sold at the atoll. When they surface, Helen admits she never knew the truth, though she'd always heard legends. <laughs> okay. He just noticed the marks on her back. He was swimming with her. When he takes her underwater in that little balloon, I'm sorry, she's gonna run out of air real fast. Plus, did the writers not understand how pressure works the deeper you go? Why is he wasting all those flares? They aren't exactly lighting the way for them because they don't emit that kind of power. And why would submarines be destroyed down here? Seems like the Navy would kind of have an advantage here. I'm good. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. You're in a safe place. It just... This is okay. where I had enough. I, and I kept, I had like another four things. And I was like, this is too much for him. <laughs> but there's just so much. Like I'm watching like, he's going to take her underwater in that plastic balloon. <laughs> yeah. No, there's skyscrapers below. Imagine what the pressure is down there. See, I, uh, yeah. Now, if you've ever tried to uh, hold a cup of full of air underwater, <laughs> you also realize that balance is a huge thing yes and that also that is force working against you because <laughs> you have to pull all that air that wants to float up I don't know but he's booking it because he's Kevin Costner here's the worst part is that everything that we have been mocking so far first of all has been for good reason and secondly there's a good idea there it's the execution every time that's ridiculous no yeah it's like uh tom zagura has a great bit about how his cousin is an idiot and how, <laughs> and how uh he's an inventor and he comes up with ideas but that's it he's like oh yeah i got an idea an app that drives your car Oh, yeah, that's a really cool idea. How you do it? 
You have an app on your phone. <laughs> yeah, no shit, you fucking moron, but how does it work? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and w- when Enola is on the boat, that's when we get... Y- so i figured out i have figured out how the smokers track people they keep pet sharks because that's the only way you can track anything on water world is by blood which kevin costner bled because he got shot right yes yeah but is it just people with shark fins on I don't know. Because <laughs> we don't see anything. We just see fins. We see two sharks swim under the trimaran, and that's the end of that scene. That's it. <laughs> they tracked them. That's how they did it. I. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, I got a really good idea. <laughs> like, they must have, like, tied ropes to them or something, because they don't have the electricity for it. No, they just didn't tie leashes on them and they have scuba people. It's Aquaman <laughs> riding on two dolphins. <laughs> Look at that. He's making me cry. <laughs> it's just so bad, man. This is so bad. I dare you to give this a C. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> okay. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, the deacon and a crew of smokers appear because they have pet sharks. He's got a cigarette. <laughs> it's smoked fish. By having already bought the trimaran, they hold the mariner and Helen captive and demand to know where the girl is. How many places are there to hide on this boat? <laughs> they, <laughs> Enola has hidden herself within the trimaran in Where the walls. <laughs> but when the deacon bluffs the other's oh. deaths, she reveals herself. Enola is taken captive and the trimaran is burned. The mariner and Helen escape death by submerging themselves and the mariner kisses Helen so that he can breathe for both of them. When they surface, Enola <laughs> is gone and the trimaran is in ruins. That's not how you Gil's working, motherfucker. They're not <laughs> oxygen holders. They filter the oxygen. <laughs> Science be damned. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> this is... Oh, God. Well, I think we're halfway. <laughs> Disconsolate. Oh, this is a great time. Helen kisses the Mariner in affection, and this time he reciprocates, and they get bitty. While looking below deck for anything of use, the Mariner comes across some of Enola's drawings, which include trees. He looks through his own collection, including some National Geographic magazines, and discovers... Those are some long boobies. No. Discovers trees identical to Enola's drawings on the cover. He realizes that dry land may really exist. (laughs) A babysitter or a kidnapper. As soon as that kid's away, it's time to play, baby. I'm beginning to see why the director left this movie before finishing it. God. Your, your boat's wrecked. Your, your child's kidnapped. It's time to go. Right. Uh, dry land existed. This was explained in the previous scene. This movie can't decide on a consistent story point. Are you saying that all that time he went underwater, he never saw a tree? <laughs> Bullshit. 
Plus, he had National Geographics. Yeah. The pictures are nature. <laughs> yeah. And he rec yeah. And he recognized them. Yeah. So he's seen them before. How the hell is the trimaran still floating? The scene in between the last and this is Deacon interrogating the little girl. Nothing is learned. Nothing is moved forward. No characters developed. It is a skit in this world and completely pointless in this movie. Come morning, they are found by, oh my God, guess who's back? It's hey. Gregory in his hot air balloon. Guys. Just floating around up there. <laughs> with, uh, oh my God. He's with other people, yeah. A band of atoll survivors. So he must have come back come down. come back like he said he couldn't. Right. He said, oh, I can't. Once I'm up, I'm gone. Right. Yeah. Then Oz flew away. Uh, <sighs> the Mariner says that he will go and rescue Enola. Oh, great. How? Okay. This guy has no reason. The Mariner has no reason for being virtuous now. He got his dick a little wet and now he wants to help everybody? Nope. No. Nuh-uh. <clears throat> nah. That ain't his character. He's, he's like he helping the guys that also just imprisoned him and sentenced him to death for right. <laughs> not impregnating a teenage, teenage girl. girl. <laughs> uh, he takes a craft and finds the oil tanker secretly boarding it. He kills anyone he comes across while the deacon prepares a crowd on deck for his speech. He presents to them Enola, saying that with her, dry land will not only be their destination, it is their destiny. The crazed crew then releases massive oars out of the side of the tanker to make their way and to preserve oil, not knowing the deacon has yet to decipher the map on Enola's back. He keeps her prisoner with Nord watching over her, though she is convinced the mariner will save her. It's such nice weather, clear skies, and then it's just... It's just it's fog bank. It looks awful when he's climbing the walls. And number two, it's 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 oh, okay. What How does not win a cinematography what is, award? One of the problems <laughs> that was addressed with the smokers was an overcrowding problem. Mm -hmm. So why is the mariner doing stealth kills with only one smoker at a time? Just put your hood up smudge smudge some fucking smear on your face light up a sig and just walk around well even so when he's dressing the crowd it like it pans up so you can see the crowd and you're like wait that's all there's like 20 people out yeah. there. <laughs> oh my god uh when the guys are inspecting her tattoo they've got map tools out it's not that complicated a tattoo <laughs> no it's chinese an arrow that's pointing up and that's it what are they what are they using those <laughs> typography tools for I don't know because when I was like what if we take it off of her I'm like what the f for it's right there you yeah, can't ever. read characters in another language <laughs> oh okay you guys don't have handcuffs on this thing <laughs> <laughs> oh you guys don't have any ties or anything no we oh. got plenty of ham though oh makes sense okay a box is a ham <laughs> we'll pin her down with ham <laughs> Sure enough, the Mariner appears topside and holds out a flare, demanding that Enola be released. He lights the flare and holds it over a pipe leading directly to the oil store. Dumbass, you'll die too. Deacon calls him on his bluff, but the Mariner lets go. Seeing the light, the oil reader utters, oh, thank God, before the supply goes up in flames, resulting in an explosion. In the ensuing chaos, the Deacon takes Enola and attempts to escape with her on his plane, but the Mariner stops him with an old anchor cable and rescues Enola. Above them, Gregor appears in his balloon with the other survivors and lets down a rope for the Mariner to grab hold. The Deacon rushes forward and grabs the rope too, but the Mariner kicks him off into the water. The Deacon finds a loose jet ski and uses his gun to shoot at the balloon. The shot knocks Enola off into the water, and this is my favorite <laughs> scene the of the whole scene of movie. all time. The deacon gestures to two other jet ski smokers 
to converge on the girl. The mariner, and this is not a joke, the mariner fashions a makeshift bungee cord. Before he can tie it to anything. Jumps down to rescue Enola just before the deacon and the other smokers collide. Their jet skis explode in a ball of fire. As the tanker sinks, the survivors see the words Exxon Valdez printed on the stern. This is absolutely phenomenal. This is the great. <laughs> okay, I'm going The Exxon, a little history lesson, everybody. The Exxon Valdez spill happened in 89. This happened in Bly Reef, which explains the reef the boat is on. Because if you remember, when he log, gets to the boat, he's got like, it looks like barnacles on the side, but I was assuming that's the reef. I would assume that, but they've rowed. They, they moved. But they're rowing. So. And there's a giant hole. Yes. In the ship. There's multiple ski ramps. Also. Just- they were just in Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Bly Reef is off the coast of Alaska. <laughs> That's a long journey to get to the smokers. That's a lot of rolling right there. And unless this is the recommissioned version, which was the Exxon Mediterranean or the SR Mediterranean, either the writers didn't know the history or they didn't care and simply used a punchline to sell an agenda. Reefs don't move. No. <laughs> <laughs> so when the water gets higher, the reefs get lower. They certainly can't be rowed. No. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> then as Gregor once more inspects the map. Oh, you want to move on? Hold on. We oh. just, we haven't even gotten Should to we the talk villain's about the, death. Whose death? The Villa Deacon. You mean the fact that it exploded before the, they even touch? Yes. <laughs> and you know what? If you want to Michael Bay the shit and have a flare blow up oil. <laughs> but that explosion Was would have been... No, the explosion would have been so massive. It would have oh, blown everybody to exactly. hell. Yes. No, that's what I mean. It was ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. And the CGI what? when he bungee cords down oh, to grab her was worse than the Matrix. Yeah, I got a hard on from that one. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that was such a great. That, that was, was Mac and me. <laughs> oh, my God. That was that was something special. It. I couldn't was, believe it when I I forgot about that scene completely. <laughs> and when I was watching this movie the other day, I was like, "That's the only way." I don't remember the ending to this. And when he jumps out, I was like, "I don't remember this." <laughs> and then he bungees up, and I went, "How did I not remember this?" <laughs> also, that ain't a bungee cord. That's a piece of rope. It dude. was just rope. Just rope. There was no. There's, it. How did he know exactly? Much perfect, tether. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Then as Gregor once more inspects the map on Enola's back as though it is changing. <laughs> he, has an he feels ah, I know what it means. Oh well it's you remember what the clue was. No. Oh yeah, the mariner goes, it's because it's upside down. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he goes, You guys are just reading it backwards. The the mariner turned into just a uh, huge light bulb. Just like, Eureka! It's backwards. The mariner turned into John Dutton from Yellowstone. North is south and south is north. <laughs> After a few days of flying in the direction of dry land, the mariner one morning sees a seagull perched on the craft. Which, by the what? way, what are they eating? What are they drinking? Here's a question: How does he even know what it is if he's never seen dry land? Because he wouldn't see birds. No, you'd be freaked the f*** out. Yes, you'd be like, what the hell's a dinosaur hanging out here for? Yeah. Um, 
A few more hours reveals land in the distance. They land and discover tropical trees, a high mountain peak, fresh water, and even wild horses, which is pretty impressive for Mount Everest. I guess, I guess elevation has nothing to do with the temperature. A shack is or found. Air. They're so high up. If they're flying high above Everest, the air is so thin. They make it seem as though because the water level uh, rose, uh, that the climate the just rose with the water. <laughs> the planet shrunk. Like the, the atmosphere the went out also. Yeah, that's exactly. It pushed it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> a shack is found with two skeletons lying on a bed. No, that's not Adam and Eve. That would have been a better story. On a desk yeah. is a music box, and as Enola opens it, she hears a tune she's hummed before and realizes she's home. The enforcer suggests they follow ancient burial traditions and give Enola's parents final rest. This should have ended with that leading to this is Adam and Eve. Yeah, it would have been cool. Like, maybe this was the, the after effects of the Great Flood. While everyone is thrilled to have found dry land at last, the mariner finds himself uncomfortable and out of place. The ocean is his home, and he decides to resupply, build a new ship, and leave. Enola is upset but understands and gives the mariner her music box as a keepsake. Before he leaves, the mariner promises to tell others about dry land and lead them to it. As he sails away, Helen and Enola climb to the highest hill to watch him and come across a plaque that reveals they're standing on the peak of Mount Everest. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever, like... Uh, That's not what it looks it's like. It's not what Everest looks like <laughs> at all. But number two, it's like, did you, you had pic, you had National Geographic, you had pictures of Everest. It, it was like in every one. Everest, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And number two, they built that boat real quick. It's like a, it's like a better looking version of his old boat. The characters on Lost are probably pissed watching this. It took oh them a whole God. season to build a fucking raft. A raft, and this is a this is a speedboat. Yes. <clears throat> oh my gosh. Yeah, this was. And uh, I'm sorry, Enola. I uh, I kind of <laughs> wish they just carved the tattoo off her back and threw her overboard. Even if they just traced the, the ending, damn thing. she cried and ran away. What? Why? Even if they just traced it, they would have had it. Yeah. But they need paper. They need the paper. Paper. And that's all, folks. <laughs> this was water world. According to the top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, holy shit. <laughs> it has a tomato meter reading of 69%. Yeah! Nine fresh and four rotten. You know what's hilarious about that, actually? I'm fairly certain that's the exact score of the Matrix Resurrection. It might be. I'm dead serious. Now the critic criticism says this. It says, though it suffered from toxic buzz at the time of its release, Waterworld is ultimately an ambitious misfire. An extravagant sci-fi flick with some decent moments and a lot of silly ones. So does this belong in the sci-fi? I Yes, that's why I asked you. And you were like, it's not making it in the sci-fi. I don't the think it is. I think it's action adventure. It's so bad. It's action like to me it's like what do you say indiana jones is that's action adventure yeah it's, this is the yeah. same shit yeah i agree uh let's take a look at those critics who said this was rotten and see what they had a point roger ebert said it's one of those marginal pictures you're not unhappy to have seen but can't quite recommend <laughs> <laughs> that's a lie i recommend this movie all the time 
Dolores Barkley of the Associated Press says, quote, Costner is totally humorless and as dreary as the landscape he travels, and the uninspired and often inane dialogue in Peter Rader and David Toohey's script does not help. Oh, God. <laughs> and finally, Anton Battelle of Little White Lie says, quote, that Costner's anti-hero should be so fundamentally dislikable is entirely acceptable. After all, the Mariner's arc makes him an eternal outsider, but that he should also be deadly dull is less so. <laughs> Now, the audience score, they gave it a 43%. <laughs> so they weren't as high on this as the critics were. But the movie's over. Were you entertained? And I'm going to say yes. And Fuck for all the yes. wrong reasons, it is not usual where I'm watching a movie that is a train wreck, and yet I can't stop staring. <laughs> yeah. This, this movie whips. <laughs> this movie is a big, giant turd tentacle just <laughs> slapping you across the face well as much uh, of a tentacle it was let's I see if you love this movie so. let's see if the awards got it right it got nominated at the academy awards for best sound but it lost to apollo 13 now if you're wondering how does Waterworld sneak in there its competition was batman forever well, I'm trying to think of what sound. The roar of jet skis? The, all the guns. Anytime there's guns in this stuff, and it's always nominated for best sound. Anytime. That, that's it? That's, think about it. Dunkirk won for best sound. <laughs> uh, it got it was it got no nomination for the Golden Globes, but at the Saturn Awards it got two nominations. One for best costumes, which it lost to 12 monkeys. You know, I'm very surprised because I would have gone like, uh, like City of Lost Children. Is that is that the French art movie? I don't know. I've never seen it. Okay, but I have I, seen Braveheart, and I would say Braveheart was probably Braveheart better. was probably way better. Yeah, uh, Batman Forever. That's hilarious, but great costumes. It was also nominated for Best Science Fiction Film, which had also lost to 12 Monkeys. Amongst the nominations were Congo, <laughs> Judge Dredd, Outbreak, Species, and Strange Days, what and a, Waterworld. What a year. It's, yeah. What a year in cinema. Oh, it gets better. You have no idea what else was released this year until you look at the Razzies, because it was nominated for four of them, and it won one. It, it was nominated... It was nominated for Worst Actor, but Pauly Shore from Jury Duty took that home. Uh, Kevin Costner, sorry, not today. And your boy, Kyle McLaughlin from Dune, got in there for Showgirls. Hell fucking right. <laughs> now, it was also nominated for worst, by, for worst Director, but that went to Paul Verhoeven for Showgirls. Oh, showgirls. It was the year of Showgirls. <laughs> it was also the year of Burning Money, because you can see Cutthroat Island is also on there. Oh. Uh, worst Picture was nominated for, but that went to Showgirls. Probably. And uh, Worst Supporting Actor... Dennis Hopper takes it home for Waterworld. Now, I disagree with this. I don't think Dennis Hopper was the worst actor in this. Here's why. Also, I think he's he, not a supporting actor. He's a villain. Here's what. Here's why. Well, villains are supporting actors. I say they're main characters that things either stop with their life or not. Here's why I think he was nominated in one. It's because he played the exact same character a year before in Speed. Okay, so it's been a long time since I've seen Speed. Okay. Yeah, check out Speed and be like, oh my gosh, because that's Deacon. 
It was probably around the same time I've watched Showgirls. <laughs> the half of the time I watched it because I haven't I haven't actually watched the whole thing. It no was, one ever has. It was on TV yeah. at night, and I was a kid. I was like, "Ooh, boobs." We've seen it. that's Jesse Spano. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Did, did, did that movie just destroy her? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it, it was over at that point. Oof. Um, but you had two, had two supporting actors from Showgirls. Yeah, two. Um, the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards got two nominations for Worst Actor. What was going to go to Kevin Costner, but Sylvester Stallone took it home for Assassin and Judge Dredd. <laughs> and Worst Picture went to Showgirls. What? Ace Ventura when nature calls. That is an. Mm, that's disrespectful. Let's be honest. Casper, I went to see that in theaters. Oh, Did you see It's God. Pat the movie? <laughs> it's Pat. What is it? It's Pat. I know that. Remember Pat from SNL? She was androgynous. I know the really loud, obnoxious actress on SNL. Yeah. But what's It's Pat? I don't remember It's Pat. It was the SNL movie about Pat. Oh, I have no idea who Pat oh, is. Oh, okay. All right, on to our next segment titled Top 3, Bottom 3. This is where we talk about the three things we want to highlight in this movie. And then we go over the three things that are bad, unforgivable, or downright travesties. And let's start with the highlights. My number three, I like the Mariner's gills and webbed feet. I like the idea that man evolves on an ocean over thousands of years. Thousands, because that's how evolution evolution. Right. Happens. Doesn't just happen overnight. No. Uh, my number two is I like his boat. It's the MacGyver of boats. It can do anything. Mm-hmm. And my number one, the little old man in the belly of the oil rig. I think we needed a little bit more of him. Yeah. We needed no, just a little bit more. 100% agree. Sam, what are your top three? Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, this movie is fucking hilarious. <laughs> it is fucking hilarious. Yes, it is. <laughs> Uh, there's so many cool ideas and I want to really emphasize that there are so many (laughs) cool ideas but the stunts are awesome I love the stunts it's just a sick action movie that just just shit happens man Um, and you know really I should just replace this with the the tweaked out stranger dude because He's seriously my favorite part in the entire movie. I was going to say, I was surprised he didn't make your top three. Yeah, I'm going to change that. Um, your number one? I'm not, because number, th- because, uh, no, because, so number three is not really a highlight. No. Saying it's a funny movie is not really a pro because it's not supposed to be funny. <laughs> okay, so number, <laughs> number three is the cool ideas, stunts, and the sick act. It's just a sick action movie. Okay. Number two is the creep, the peeper, the peeper, the one with the Irish accent. Oh yeah, whatever that, whatever he is, <laughs> man. And number one, it's Mad Max on water. I love Mad Max. This is once again such a cool idea. 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 Yes. <laughs> That's it it doesn't underlined, bold faced, italicized. <laughs> it doesn't work at all. All right, let's move to the bottom but, three. No, really quick question oh, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I thought about this. <laughs> Is and <laughs> it's because I was like, they they gave one hundred and seventy six million dollars for this movie and they didn't even read the script. And I thought, I honestly, honest to God, I think I thought of a better Waterworld remake. There's a good movie in this. Yeah. What if in nowadays with a serious thing, it was like a it's a Samoan kind of Waterworld 
where you have tribes fighting against each other and looking for dry land and they all have tattoos telling a story and there's one girl that has the the trail to dry land you could also add starring in, jason momoa you could or al- the rock but you could also add in that dry land isn't that hard to find because when the ice caps melt it's only going to cover 20% of the land. And there's still land out there, yeah. <laughs> and that could be the big twist is they've been so deep in the ocean, they haven't been able to go far enough to reach land land. Yes. There's a good movie in here somewhere. There is. <sighs> yeah. Time for the bottom three. Uh, my number three, why is everyone dirty? There is no dirt. It's water world. Where is the dirt? <laughs> That's the currency. That's what they use it. They just rub they it, just rub it off themselves, put it in a, put yes. in a jar. Like, hey, just get out of the sun for a little bit. Protect your skin. Uh, my number two, okay, the bad guys are smokers. Exxon Valdez and environmental impacts of oil spills. Nobody respects women, and the world is flooded because of the ancients. We get your agenda. Damn. And finally, number one, what the f***? The sea monster comes out of freaking nowhere. That's your number one? It, That'd where be like the least are we? <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> number two. Well, to, to reflect on your number two. Yes. You Pick say, a theme. You say nobody respects women. Absolutely not. But when did the smokers ever disrespect women? There's a bunch of women on the boat, but they never disrespect them. It's the civilized people that don't respect women. Yeah, so be like a smoker. So <laughs> the bad guys are the good guys and good guys are the bad guys. Yes. Have a puff. Take a cigarette. Have a puff. Enjoy life. He does, he do, well, no, he does offer it to the little girl. Yeah, because he's a f***ing gentleman. <laughs> what a great guy. Um, okay, what are your what are your bottom three? The, uh, I know it's hard to find with your love of this movie. <laughs> Overall, the just everything about this movie was not thought out. Nope. <laughs> even for a second. And I think it made I think they started with a script that made zero sense already and then Kevin Costner came in and said, "Fuck you guys. I'm not in this movie enough. Make it happen." Me 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 me. me. Because now that you mention that Kevin Costner is in 90% of this movie. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, he's almost in every shot. Yep. Yeah. So, Uh, number two, just leads right into it, is the writing is atrocious. It's a bad. You you have people making references that shouldn't have the references based on the period of time that nobody really knows. They're calling freshwater hydro. But they know dirt is dirt. They know dirt is dirt. Not 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 land. <laughs> not land, which is what it dirt is. It's just it's just land which that you've it, scooped up with your hands. If dirt is such a currency in this world, then where is the dirt coming from? Where's the dirt bank? <laughs> you have pumps to pump up water, but well, yeah, because they've never gone deep enough to see the dirt's right below. Or they're just wiping it off their foreheads just to get a charge. Oh my God. <laughs> um, number one is... <laughs> like how all just, of yours are like the same this thing. Is, it's, <laughs> this is really what it boils down to. Like I can nitpick, but these are the fucking issues. Like absolutely nothing in this movie makes sense. Nothing. And when I say that, 
I'm even including every scene that leads up to the next scene. Any like transitions. Yeah. The smokers just know exactly where everybody is all the time. They have enough time to take over a slaving vessel, which I'm sure has weapons and self-defense. It's a slaving vessel. It's a slaving vessel with like 10 people on it. It looks just like a buoy. It's a buoy. (laughs) It's a buoy. It it looks like an oversized ultimate Frisbee goal. (laughs) Yeah, that's all it is. It's just like... Every, no matter where you're at in this movie, you just, you just kind of go, wait, what? It's just, a movie that if you turn it on in the middle of the day, no matter what scene you're on, you will laugh. Yeah. And you don't really need anything because you, you don't need any backstory because it's just shit just starts happening. I should, we should add another piece to this, which is your favorite scene of the whole movie. Do you have a favorite scene of this whole movie? Cause mine is the bungee cord scene oh at God, the end. The bungee cord scene is phenomenal. I just, there's no other way the deacon could have died. <laughs> that is, uh, mine is, mine is the, uh, mine is the creep. The creep. I, the, the strange tweaked out creep. He makes me laugh, but also I can't think of it like as much shit as he probably got. I can't think of a character that stands out. I mean, he's, what, 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 what about I'm, what, what I'm trying what, to say is I have no other reference for that character. Yeah to any other character that I can think of. The way he talks, the way he acts. Yeah. I can't think of anybody else that does anything like it. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of in the movie War of the Worlds when they hole up with Tim Robbins and he's kind of all skittered and all that stuff. He reminds me of that guy. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, same kind of deal. Same kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, time for the critics rating. We use an A to F scale here on the movie planet. A C is considered average. A is the highest. F is the lowest. If the movie is so bad, it receives S from all the hosts. It goes to a new category movie, the movie planet global killer. But the question is, what do you give 1995's Waterworld in the action adventure genre by today's standards? I will go first since you nominated this. When we remember this movie, we tend to remember what critics have said about it for the past 25 years or so. It's garbage. It's trash. We balled up like toilet paper and then used to wipe the ass of Hollywood. But having rewatched it today, I can honestly say that this movie is not unwatchable. It is incredibly rewatchable. <laughs> Where else can you see money being flushed down the drain at such a rapid rate that you begin to look around your living room at purchases you've made that you regretted and all of a sudden feel a little better for the splurge? <laughs> Acting wise, Hopper does post-speed Hopper. Triple Horn proves why she hasn't been known for much of anything other than TV and movies nobody's seen. And Kevin Costner continues the streak of acting as though he's reading the lines for the very first time as the camera rolls on. Little Enola, Tina Majorino, shows she's got a career ahead of her. And by a career, I mean bit parts and TV shows and a tour de force performances Deb in Napoleon Dynamite. This story is all over the place. What exactly is it trying to teach us here? Is it climate change? Is it smoking is bad? Is it misogyny in a dystopian future? Is it conservation? I have no idea. It bounces from one theme to the next like Dennis Hopper jumps from one-liner to one-liner. The funny thing is, there's a decent movie somewhere in the idea of Waterworld. How was this greenlit with the only inspiration, aesthetically speaking, being a Mad Max ripoff? Mad Max is already a thin enough idea. If you rip it off, you make it thinner. And why the hell is everyone dirty? There's no dirt. You're surrounded by water. The world is your bathtub. Like Where Hughes. is the dirt coming from? <laughs> 
This movie is laughably bad. Like, invite your friends over for the Waterworld drinking game bad. Here are the rules. You drink one sip when Kevin Costner looks confused. <laughs> Dennis Hopper says a one-liner. Whenever Helen says, Enola. Or if you have a Jack Black sighting. Jack Black, that's a three, that's a double shot right there. Drink two sips when Helen makes eyes at the Mariner. Or the Mariner yells at Enola. Finish your beer when you spot the alien whale, <laughs> Mariner and Helen get busy, or the Mariner finally rests. And finally, my favorite, order someone to finish their beer if you can deliver any line more convincingly than Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is a big F for me. Huge F. <laughs> and I can't wait to watch it again with friends and laugh my ass off at every plot hole, continuity issue, misplaced camera accidentally showing land in the background, or how the position of the sun changes like 20 times during the first battle against the smokers. It is an F for fantastically bad. Sam? <laughs> <sighs> Okay, so as a movie watcher and as a person who really loves movies, this movie's a B. Yeah. This movie's a B. For your enjoyment. It's for my for my enjoyment. Almost an A. Oh my God. Except it missed a lot. Of, it missed the plot. It missed a the theme. It missed the message. It missed the writing. <laughs> It missed factual evidence of anything. It missed thought. It, it missed, missed everything that makes a movie a missed, movie. It missed a brain. Well, no, because I'll say the best parts were the jet ski stunts, <laughs> which they only did for one fucking scene. Yes, they did. Oh, they, they, they cut every corner to make try to make things make sense. And then they, instead of just like trying to make subtle things, they throw a fucking alien giant fish monster in there. So what planet, uh, okay, so we don't have a setting. Nope. We don't have a time. We don't have a plot. We don't have a script really. And we don't have any emotion or anything. Oh. <laughs> As a critic, oh. this is the most beautiful F I might ever give. <laughs> I, this is an F with kisses. This is an F with love. This is me giving this F in my hand and chef's blowing it into. This is a chef's kiss right here, baby. This is like the top of the Glober Killer. This is, I can't, oh, this is the room bad. Oh. oh. I, would, I enjoy this more than I enjoy the room. Do you enjoy this more than Matrix Revolutions? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, <laughs> because the, at least the Matrix is cool. So it's going to be below the Matrix Revolutions. Yeah. Well, I don't. That's oh, that's so hard because I won't choose to put on Resurrections. I would choose to put on Waterworld. Oh, not Resurrections, Revolutions. Oh, the third movie. Resurrections. Oh no, Resurrection. No, that's that. No, that's the bottom. That's. I I would rather be strapped to a chair. Uh, clockwork orange style and watch Pluto Nash on repeat than ever give the Wachowski sisters sorry the Wachowski sister one of them yep. one of them any click no Ugh, see this is tough because Waterworld I would choose to put on like I've I've searched for it I've rented it before yeah I won't 
rent resurrections <laughs> or revolutions. But revolutions has a lot of cool shit that actually kind of makes sense. It's got. <laughs> you know what? It's you know, all Water bullshit. World is, yeah, Water World. Yep, yeah, you're a. You know what? Water World. You're you're in the top. Yeah. You're, you're above revolutions. What's oh, the, what's wow. the list right now? Oh. Okay, go solo, Matrix Revolutions, and Water World. Oh, I think Water, Water World's World's on the top. Yeah, because I can't even. I I can't even enjoy solo. <laughs> well, you haven't finished it. Oh no, I I finished it. You just said you didn't finish it. No, I sat through the whole fucking thing in the theater. Oh, you I you just told <laughs> no, me that you only no, watched I half ha- of it. No, I half watched it. That means oh. I was on my phone because it was so Did I watch it with you? No, I was in Florida with Steve. Okay. I we went, both left the theater and we didn't talk to each other for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. And then we're in his car and he goes Top three. <laughs> And we did the podcast in the car. <laughs> oh my god! So okay, so Waterworld, it deserves to be on top, and here's why. Okay, and I'll say it. It's just it's just me repeating myself. As I would invite my friends, like you said, I would invite my friends over and might throw on Waterworld. I would never disrespect them with Han Solo or Evolutions. But here's the thing: if you had a if you had a girlfriend who had never seen the Star Wars movies. And you watch all the Star Wars movies. You mean one through six and that's it? Sure. The Star Wars movies. Yes. Okay. Okay. And she watches all six movies and she goes, hey, a friend of mine at work said, we, uh, what about Solo? And all of a sudden you get this grand face like, oh, do you want to go down this route? <laughs> <laughs> my first question is, my first question would be, okay, so the Star Wars movies that you've watched, did you enjoy them? Because if she fucking hates them... <laughs> then all then all ha- I have to do is say cool if you hated them now watch solo and you'll hate it even more yeah like I look at it as like like when Steve's wife Jamie uh, I don't think she's seen solo yet but every now and then Steve and I are on the phone and he goes maybe I'll make Jamie watch solo tonight I was like Oh, please do. I'd love to get for what she wants oh. to say about this she goes he, he just he can't wait he's like I cannot wait because it's so funny how bad it is. Oh, see, that's the like, thing. It makes me angry how bad it is. Well, like, it's thing. not even a humorous thing. Like, And maybe it's because I've divorced myself to the point where it's like, it's one through six for me, and that's it. And because of that, I can look at everything else that's been done and be like, okay, you know what? I can watch Solo and laugh my ass through the entire thing at the illogical things about it, like for the fact that they have this highly explosive thing that's going to explode everywhere if it gets rattled, but they're training it around mountains what happened to the star destroyers where are they floating around getting this shit everywhere um when the hell has hanzo ever used his chewbacca language <laughs> he's never said this before and he sounds awful doing it who who has ever used wookie no one has nobody yeah uh, and you just you don't speak droid it's all those little. You just things. understand it. Why is Darth Maul at the end opening his lightsaber up on a hologram? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like you see this, and you kind of go, "Was no one in the room when this was going on?" <laughs> That's why Solo's an F. When did Solo come out? After Force Awakens, uh, 2018. Was that? It was Force Awakens, Rogue One, 
Last Jedi, Solo, Episode Nine. Yeah, they blamed Holy. they blamed Solo and Last Jedi for why Episode Nine did so bad. Instead uh, of saying, "No, I think you should just look in the mirror on that one." Yeah, man. right. <laughs> Don't blame them. It's not their <laughs> fault. Um, so uh, it's in the global killer. Uh, but you know what? Let's take our critic stats off. Do you love this movie, like this movie, or none of the above? And you know what? I love this movie. I'm saying love. Yeah. I have like it there. I love this movie for the <laughs> social activity it presents, i.e. a drinking game. Sam? Oh, I'm, I've already made my piece with this. I, <laughs> I f***ing love this movie. I, I enjoyed put, this thoroughly. If this movie is on TV, flipping channels, it's staying on. I'm going to say something right now that perfectly encapsulates how I feel about this. I love this movie, but I'm so pissed I paid $3.99 for it. <laughs> <laughs> like, how come this movie isn't free everywhere? I don't know. It should be free for people to enjoy and pass the word. I'm like, this is a movie you find world. free on like Roku TV or yeah. <laughs> or it's, uh, it's like on the back catalog of Hulu. <laughs> yeah. No, I love this movie. It is so much fun. And it's like it, it, the whole thing. It's such a cool idea. And yeah. the whole time you're like, oh, that's a cool idea. And then you're like, if you have half a brain, you're like, I could have written a better scene uh, here. <laughs> that was a cool idea. And then they did that the entire movie. Yeah. But I'm laughing the entire, because no, nothing <laughs> makes sense. You won't find this movie on Netflix. You won't find it on HBO Max, but you might find it on Crackle. <laughs> Man, I hope it's somewhere. That's all we got time for today. Next show, we'll look at Slapshot. You've nominated Slapshot for the Sports Film Pantheon. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. Give us a four or five star review. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and follow our Instagram. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet Podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet Podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They're included here for the purpose of review and no infringement is intended. Sam, any last words? Smoke a cigarette. Respect your women, slap a hoe, rub some dirt on your face, and jump in the water. Four feet of black stuff left, sir. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> oh, thank God. And happy movie watching. <laughs>